no one is going to be accelerating or decelerating at the same exact time. It's symbiotic and it's an organism that lives in so many ways because you're two people inside of a container called your partnership, your marriage, your relationship that should be ever evolving in service of your marriage, but hopefully the greater planet. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Jessica Zweig is the CEO of Simply Be Agency, an internationally award-winning personal branding firm serving clients across the globe, myself included. She is the author of the number one best-selling book, Be a no BS guide to increasing your self-worth and your net worth by simply being yourself. A book that I personally recommend to all of my students inside of our sex coach prep school container. Jessica was named a personal branding expert by Forbes, 2020's most notable entrepreneur by Cranes, the 2018 and 2019 Stevie Award winner for female entrepreneur of the year and a top digital marketer to watch by Inc. She also hosts the top ranked branding podcast, the Simply Be podcast, where she interviews today's top entrepreneurs, CEOs, influencers, thought leaders, and authors on how to build their brands and live their best, most authentic lives. A big part of her company is her husband, Brian. And as a fellow CEO who runs a business with her partner, we have a lot to talk about today and share with you from the perspective of behind the scenes in our love lives and in our businesses. I hope y'all enjoy the show. I don't know what part of our story I want to jump into right away, but I think how we even met is really good. You know, as we like shoot the ship before hitting record and I reflected this back to you that you're one of those people that as soon as I met you, we just vibed so well. And I was like, I didn't know where our paths were going to take us individually and when we would ever loop back around. But I always knew that you were the type of person that no matter how much time or distance or space would go between our connections, our in-person connections or phone conversations or texts or whatever, I always knew that you would feel like family. You'd feel like a dear friend and someone I respect and admire. And I just love you, Jessica. And thank you for coming onto the show. I love you back, Mm -hmm. Alexa. Thank you for having me on your show. I feel the same exact way about you. It's a soul thing. When I look into your eyes and I'm in your presence, it's true. It's effortless. And it was from day one. So very, very cool to be here. Mm. And day one happened. So, I mean, it's like a little tiny bit of context, but the listeners and people in our community have heard me speak about my journey and my path numerous times and little snippets and stuff. And so I've shared with people that I left cruise ships and then I wound up finding my way into personal development. And one of the things that, well, I want to say prevented, one of the big things that happened on my journey that led me to not take another contract on ships was that I went to my first A-Fest. And once I went to that initial A-Fest, I paid for the next two A-Fests after that to make sure that I kept going six months later and then six months later, because they were happening twice a year at that time. And then it was after that first A-Fest that I met Jason Goldberg, who's a mutual friend now. I mean, I'm not sure how much you keep up with Jason. But he just, just kept going and yes, he he's just kept going and met him. And he was the main person that really gave me that nudge of encouragement. I was like, you're not meant to be an art dealer on cruise ships, Alexa. 
You know, it was after one really deep conversation about love and relationships that he was like, wait, hang on, you're an art dealer on cruise ships. Like, what are you doing? That is not what you were supposed to do. And so for many months after that, I was just essentially throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to figure out like, what do I want to make of what I'm I know to my core, I am meant to do. And I just didn't know how to build a business or figure it out or any of that. And so I don't know how much time between that first day fest and the one that I met you at happened, but I was playing around with it. I think at that time I was still mostly living off of my savings from my cruise ship gig floating around the world, but I was figuring it out. I was taking clients. I was playing the game. I was doing the social media thing. And then it was at that Avis, which was it sex, love, and relationship was the theme? No, that was, I think, Spain or Ibiza. Ibiza. But the one we went to was Jamaica. It was Jamaica. And I don't remember the theme. Oh, that was was the most recent one that I went to, actually. So I think I met Jordan not that long after. Oh, I know you did. I remember that very clearly. I was sort of part of that. So I remember being the newbie, went by myself. Got, got on, got off the airplane, didn't read. I don't really, I'm not a details person. So I didn't read the email that was like, go here for the shuttle and reserve the shuttle. <laughs> I had to fetch a cab because I didn't know where the heck I was going. And Sarah Becknell was yeah. in my cab. She was like, you're from AFES. I can tell, come with me. And then we connected briefly. And then she's like, I'm meeting a bunch of my friends at the bar around five, like go check in and come meet me and I'll introduce you to my friends. And I walked down and it was you. Ashuk, mm-hmm. Brian, Stacey, Dominic. And I was like, and you all just energetically like embraced me. And we were a crew for the whole weekend. Yeah. yeah. And I similar but different, A Fest was such an initiation and such mm-hmm. a catalyst. And my life was really never the same after that on so many levels. And I remember witnessing you were running the kaleidoscope at the time. Mm-hmm. And you had long, curly, flowy blocks, like dark locks. Yep. And you weren't with Jordan yet. You mm-hmm. were with someone else mm-hmm. for then. And I witnessed that whole thing kind of expand and contract. Mm-hmm. My point is I've just been obsessed with you since day one oh. and in your corner watching oh, you fly. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I didn't realize it was actually the most recent one that I'd gone to. So that was a whole year and a half. Yeah, almost two years, I would say, from the first one that I went to. So, so much had happened between, like, I'm sure we've traded stories about how AFES changed so much. Like, AFES just completely changed my life. Like, I was primed and ready for it. And cracked me open. And I guess because I'd seen you a handful of times since that AFES, I thought we'd gone to more than one together. I don't know why that was, like, registered in my mind. But now it's all coming back to me. When we were Mm. on, like, catamarans and we were on the beach and we were doing all kinds of fun things. And now seeing even where Dominic, who's been on the show, Cartuccio, he's been on the show, like, to see what he's doing now, helping men with their masculinity and to, like, love women better and all of that. It's pretty miraculous. So, you know, I can't say enough amazing things about that company, about that particular event, but I haven't been back. I think you, yeah, I you wound up going back, right? I went to Mind Valley U and I spoke okay. two oh, years yeah. in a row yeah, in yeah, Croatia yeah. and Estonia and kind of became a part of their network in that way. I went to Sardinia, mm. but I was so sick. I saw they did it again this year in Jordan and I couldn't make it that far and it didn't work, but I would totally go back. But it was, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure the community has evolved and yeah. I don't know the Jamaica 2017. Mm-hmm. That was, 
kind of incomparable. That's where we met. If we get a squad, you know? Yeah, we need a squad. We need to get a squad to go. And Jordan hasn't been to one and he really wants to go to one. So yeah. yeah. And yeah. And from my side, watching you after that particular AFES, now that I have my timeline all in order, (laughs) watching you blossom as well and your features and then getting in and involved with Mind Valley and the speaking and the book launch and eventually having your husband join your company and like seeing all of that stuff grow and evolve has been pretty special. And for those that don't know, Jessica and the Simply Be Agency was how that sex chick came to be. I have the chills. Yeah. So much of what people know us for and our super aligned branding, like without this exceptional branding, we wouldn't be recognized the way that we are recognized, which means we wouldn't have the impact that we're able to impact as a company now. And all of that stemmed from a weekend workshop when you were coming to visit Austin. And I was really hoping we would convince you to move here. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. Yeah, you came and you did your branding thing here. And little did I know, I thought I was just going to invite some people to come show up to your weekend thing. And little did Jordan and I know that it would wind up changing the trajectory of our branding and what we do. So people know Mm. us for our color combos with the purple, which I had before, but it really solidified after that time. People didn't know me as that sex chick until that workshop. And I remember I was getting... You came up with it yeah. in the hologram exercise. So I will never forget that. You and Jordan were sitting next to each other in the center of the room. So I hosted a weekend-long masterclass workshop. It was two days taking the about 30 people through my methodology. And you were like, your head was down, Alexa. You were like scribbling your notes on your paper. And so was Jordan. And you like looked up at me. You're like... I'm that sex chick. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I remember this. Like it was the hologram. And then Jordan was like, and I'm a conscious bro. I know I'm a bro, but I'm a conscious bro. And it was like, I remember the light bulb moment in your face going off. And something you should know is I use you in a lot of my case studies whenever I present. And I love doing this in like corporate America because you're like the sex chick. (laughs) And I love being a little controversial, but I show like before and afters of your brand and your Instagram and everything that we helped you do beyond that workshop, which I know is like your logo and your colors and Alexa my Alexa, who's my creative director, did all of this beautiful stuff for you. But you have like fucking flown, girl, like yeah. everything you gained, you got into alignment. And I think that's the power of a brand to having a really strong brand. It gives you a sense of alignment. And when you're aligned, you manifest and you grow. I don't mean to oversimplify it, but that's kind of how it works. Yeah. And I've just loved it your expansion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's awesome that you get to be part of the story because people ask me, especially ones that come to work with us to learn the sex education and coaching and the people that go through sex coach prep school, that's what it's called now. It wasn't called that when we first got started, but I've gotten asked on master classes and inside of this program, how long did it take you to become that sex chick? I get to say I was at this branding thing and I just was going through this exercise and I could not come up with an appropriate thing to say about myself. And the only thing that kept coming through was people know me as that sex chick. And then I went, that sex chick. And it was like a light bulb that went off and it's just so recognizable now. And so, yeah, without some of these components, and of course, Jordan with Conscious Bro, without some of these components, like I mentioned, we wouldn't have the impact that we have. And I think that this is something that so many people in my industry are missing 
Like they have great education and they really want to showcase the knowledge that they've spent a long time learning and building and that kind of thing. And I just, more often than not, I meet people who are in my industry who have my niche, like sex, love, and relationships, and they don't make any money because they don't really have any clients and they don't have a brand that they can stand on to speak their message out to. And like people aren't listening really to them. Mm -hmm. So you for sure helped me and us with that. And if you don't mind, because now that we're like chatting and catching up, I'd love for the listeners to know who you are and what you do. (laughs) (laughs) I realize as we're talking, I'm like, they don't know what Jessica does. (laughs) Well, Hello, everyone. So nice to be here. I'm happy to talk about what I do. I run a personal branding agency, Simply Be. We are located in Chicago and Nashville. And I've been running Simply Be agency for about six years. And we hyper-focus on building authentic personal brand platforms. So our clients are industry agnostic. We've worked with over 300, 400 people within our agency and have touched thousands and thousands through our workshops and online courses. And it's funny you say what you said, Alexa, about your industry, just how so many people in your love, sex and relationships niche don't get the power of a brand. And that's pretty much most everybody in all industries. And I really feel like you can have the greatest products, you can have the greatest talent, you can have the greatest systems and softwares and team. And but if no one knows about it, you know, what's going to get you? And People think that like marketing and sales are those vehicles to really pour into from a growing your funnel and creating all of this awareness. Brand is what makes people feel and brand is what cuts through. It's the look, it's the feel, it's the tone, it's the voice, it's the message, it's the soul. And that's really Simply B's approach. It's why we are called Simply B. We're all about authenticity, which is such an overused word, I know. But we really live it and breathe it. And it's about being completely unapologetic in who you are, which is what I fucking love about you, mm-hmm. is you're just so truly you and show all of it and with such depth and service at the same time because personal branding gets a bad rap. It, people think it's an ego play. It is if you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And so all this to say, I wrote a book about it. It's called Be, just the word B-E, A No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. And literally for $20 on Amazon, you can read the entire Simply Be methodology. It's all trademarked. And I have a podcast called Simply Be, the Simply Be podcast. And I have a team of 25 now, which is crazy, and which I built from scratch. I was broke when I started my business, broke. So if anyone can scale a multi seven figure business with no money to start, like I could talk about that. And to mm-hmm. your point you made earlier, I did employ my own husband. He's my CFO now. We'll definitely d- dig into that. But it has absolutely changed our marriage because I think I met you, Alexa, when we had been married for like two years. So it was new and I was in a different place in my yeah. marriage than I am right now. And I've never been more in love with him. I know that's not Aww. so cheesy, but it's true than I am today. And a lot of that has to do with like coming together and aligning as one team, sharing a business and sharing a life, which we hadn't really done until he joined Simply Be. So yeah. that's snapshot. Yeah. Oh, and it's so sweet. And you have puppies. And I have two puppies. And I know you have two puppies. They're my babies. <laughs> They are my life, my whole fucking life, my Boston Terrier and my French dog. Yeah. Yep. Yes. I'm like, you can't forget them. (laughs) You get it. No, never. I almost, Zoe was in here earlier and I was like, I was holding her. I was like, I don't know if she 
should be on the podcast too, but you would have appreciated it. Yeah, for She's sure. And when Jordan and I record and we're both in the office and the dogs, it's like right now I'm here by myself. I'm at the house by myself, which is a rare occurrence. There's usually like people just in and out, in and out, in and out. And the dogs could give a shit about me right now. You know, every now and then little likes to come check in, but like when the house is peaceful and it's just my energy and the dogs, they don't really care. They're just hanging. But as soon as Jordan is here, they're like, dad, 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 dad. And they want to go anywhere and everywhere dad is. And I can already see how our potential future family is going to function. And when we're podcasting, they're in and out. They want to like be a part of it. And I've actually like held little and while she's snorting, because that's, she just, (laughs) she's a friend. Yeah. She snorts and snores all the time. I like yep. held her by the microphone. She's yep. and done her whole That's thing. But yeah. Yep. Yep. We also bond over our love for dogs. But this whole conversation, like it's twofold what's important and exciting to me as far as why would I have a friend of mine that's in personal branding onto my sex, love, and relationship show? Well, a couple, twofold stands out to me. The first one is like at the point of this recording, we are enrolling in sex coach prep school, which is a program that is beyond what I ever thought we would be doing and how we would be serving. We're enrolling now, but our most recent group of students, I'm pretty sure we sent everybody your book. Oh my God. I think you did do that because I get so many tags on IG and they're like, thanks Alexa for the book. Yeah. I get that. So I bought a box of your books when you were launching and I'm like, I need to send this to all of my students. So we have our sex education section of that program. We have our coaching section of that program. And then we have our business section of that program. And we credit and quote you several times in the business portion, because the way that you have it all laid out, I mean, if my underlying message and mission is I want people to love and sex and do relationships better just better than what we were all taught. Then I need these people who are coming to me that are filled with passion for this mission. I don't want them to get bogged down and I don't want them to give up on their dream because they don't know how to actually brand themselves or build a business. So I wanted to teach everything, not just the sex part. I couldn't teach that part if you didn't change my world. You know what I mean? And so we so love crediting your company and what you were able to do for us. Like the way that you have the methodology all laid out helped us create our core values and our pillars and our brand voice. And so we have y'all to thank for so much of what we have. And so that's the first thing that comes to mind and having you on the show is like everybody listening, this wouldn't exist without Jessica. I mean, of course us too, but for sure you helping us figure out the stuff that's like, wasn't the things that I was initially studying. I'm originally studying. Oh yeah. I'm going to cry. That makes me feel so good. (laughs) Like it should know that it has impacted people in so many ways. I wrote the book because I didn't want this stuff to be a secret. I often say that I'm a personal empowerment company disguised as a personal branding company. And my book is a personal empowerment book disguised as personal branding book. But my main gig on this planet is empowerment and just giving people the keys to unlock what's divine and necessary in them. And so to hear that my book is able to scale in such a way that serves your community is 
just really meaningful. Yeah. And that's like a tiny little portion of my community within the larger community too. And I think the rest of the, what really stands out about having you on this show is going to be the next thing that I mention. And my hope is that this is going to impact and land for another portion of our community, which is people that decide to do business with their significant others. So I'm going to underline double click on at some point you fell deeper in love with your husband when you brought your messages or your missions, your vision, you decided to go into it together. And this is something that, you know, Jordan and I, and you got to see this whole thing unfold. You know, he was working for a company, Bulletproof, and then Mm -hmm. COVID happened and a whole portion of Bulletproof's overarching team, like a whole section of their employees was let go all at one time. And they kept saving Jordan and saving Jordan and just kind of moving him from department to department. And then the people that were the original people there then wound up leaving the company. So there was no one left to move him to keep him safe, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so then he was just with the next like big swoop, his whole section was let go. And then it was, what do we do? And it was, Hey, we have a lot of crossover here and what could we do if we unify as a family? This was before I think maybe we were engaged, maybe possibly, or maybe this was just after, shortly after, something like that. But it was then the question of what does it look like if we come together as a family and we decide to do this together? And admittedly, I am very challenged by it at times. Mm -hmm. You know, in some way, I want to create some space for me to have a candid conversation about that. Cause I'm sure that there's people that think everything is just always pushing up roses over here at sex and love co, which is the overarching brand now, which I'm really excited about. Cause it's not just me anymore. It's many people that are getting to serve in this way. But for Jordan, I think people must think that we're just always perfectly matched doing this fun sex relationship song and dance when we're processing every fucking day, something Yes. Yes. And just because I said I was more in love with Brian doesn't mean that we don't have like every day is intense. You know, every day is a thing. I've been with Brian 10 years and I'll make a long story short. When we met, he was killing it and I was broke. Then we got engaged and his career bottomed out and my career started taking off. So at the point of like our wedding where I kind of thought I was going to marry this rich guy an unconscious story that I had been kind of building since I was a child turned out to be not that rescuer. And I had to become my own hero and started growing simply be. And we, I took off. It was a rocket ship. I did like seven figures in revenue in less than a year. It was just bonkers. Meanwhile, my husband is sort of over to my right, if you will, or my left somewhere, not next to me, treading water, going through an identity crisis, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what the heck he's going to do with his life at 42. And we were kind of living separate lives, not because we were trying to, but because it was just by default. I was fully immersed in my incredibly burgeoning career. And he was really just struggling to know who he was going to be when he grew up. And so COVID, similarly, it's so funny you mentioned that about Jordan. We are all in lockdown Brian's got nowhere to go. He was pursuing a financial advising career, which is really all about pushing a book and selling to people and networking. And he couldn't network. I'm running Simply B from my computer in my kitchen. We grew 65% in the pandemic, which was like, I think a lot of people in our space, you know, did what pandemic went left or right for a lot of people. But for us, we were running a digital space, helping people get online. We were at the right place, right time. And I had a finance team on retainer who was helping me with my payroll and my invoicing, et cetera. 
and the PPP comes out, which we all know, and they wanted to charge me a $10,000 application fee, my finance team that I was paying on retainer. And Brian was like sitting next to me on the sofa and was like, what? I got some time. I'll fucking figure that out. I know how to do. And he was a former trader. He knows money. It's his background finance. And I brought Brian to one meeting with that finance team and he got off the phone with me and them. And he looked at me, he was like, that's who's running your money. He's like, they're jokes. They're kids. If you want, I can do this. And I was like, why am I going to spend a couple grand a month, if not more on these people when I can pay my husband? And so that was like the beginning of the beginning. And really like, and I can take you up to now, but really, I think again, why we're in such a different place is because we no longer were living separate lives. We've become one team, same dream, unified. Like I want to sell my business in the next couple of years and start something new. Like I will always work with Brian. He will be my head of finance. We will be business partners till we die. Like I love working (laughs) with him because there's no one I trust more with my money than my own husband. And it's activated Brian. It's given him a sense of purpose. It's given me a sense of peace when it comes to my money. And together we kind of take on the world now running a business. I'd love to hear what it looks like for you and Jordan, but every day is a different adventure. Every hour is a different adventure and you're up against a lot of stress as a couple dealing, running a business. And it's hard to find the boundaries to turn it off. Like we fight a lot. I'm like, Brian, it's 10 45 at night. Can you not talk about the email that pissed you off? Like just not talk (laughs) about work. Same thing in the morning. Like, I don't want to hear about our bank account. Like, let's talk about it after had coffee and we're at the office. That has been a challenge where you're like, where is the difference in separation between our marriage and our working relationship? And we've had to work at that and we're definitely not perfect at it. Yeah. Yeah. For Jordan and I, that's a thing that comes up over and over again. And I was curious if y'all have, what's been your plan or what are some things that y'all have tried in order to put boundaries around? Because, you know, for us at this point without kids and for me, well, there's a couple, wow, I'm realizing there's a lot of questions that all of a sudden came to mind, but the business is my priority and outside of my relationship, But when my business becomes our business and then it's also his priority, we get both really excited about what we're doing. And so it's hard to turn it off. And it's hard, like you were mentioning, has there been anything that you've tried that has worked to kind of curb? Like we're going to try and no business or no communication about this after this time. Has there been anything that's come up that's helped to navigate that? Or is it just something that eventually kind of fizzles out over time? For us, we have to claim it. We have to vocalize it. We have to ask for it. Sometimes I blur the lines and I cross the boundaries and I only want to talk about work all night long. And he has to say, Jessica, I'm done. Or I'll say the same thing to him. Like, please put your phone away. And a lot of the times we create sacred space on the weekends. Like we really try to be super present on the weekends. And right now we're going back and forth between Chicago and Nashville and we're literally ships in the night. Yeah, And I see weekends. And so the weekends become our time. And if we put our phones away and we don't talk about work, we kiss deeply, our sex is better, our time feels more rich when we really consciously put work away, because it's not possible if you don't. Yeah, And you have to be very proactive about it. Yeah. And there's a lot of similarities in a sense. I mean, Jordan's not running our, well, it's kind of funny because he kind of is running our finance department, but he was not a financial person ahead of time. He is filling a role and leading something that is 
it's not quite a hole in our business because he's mostly filling it, but we had a bookkeeping system and we had a couple of, and we had like our tax person, but there wasn't really anyone managing. We didn't have payroll. We didn't have a lot of like true business structural type things set up until Jordan decided that he would bring his gifts into our business, make it our business. And he fills that role, but it's not his highest excitement. And it is certainly not his greatest gifts. You know, his greatest gifts are being a support and are being with people. It's being a comedian. It's entertaining. So I'm watching him in a lot of ways, like maybe some of the struggle that we have or the challenge that we have in working together is because he's not really doing the thing that he's best suited for, but we're still able to like put boundaries and figure out to a degree. And we do similar things until we figure out something better. Like let's try to put our phone away. Let's try to put the laptops away. We call it out, especially me. And depending on where I'm at in my menstrual cycle, like wherever I'm at in my cycle, I have way more capacity for it. And then there are times when I'm like, this stops here, you know, so he kind of rides that wave. And there's similarities in, we have two dogs. Both of us have two dogs. Both of us have, you know, the husbands that are in the business with us and all of that. But I can imagine that for other couples that are not in these situations, it's their kid's schedule or they're caring for a parent or something like it. It doesn't have to be just the business that's in the way. It can be all sorts of other things that are inhibiting, really being vulnerable or creating intimacy so that you can kiss deeply so that the sex can be better. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think one of the best parts of working together is the time you get to spend together. And when you're really working together, there's a new level of intimacy. To me, that's what I've so appreciated about we were literally living separate lives before he came into the business. And this creates so much, I think like sexiness and closeness. And I see him every day. I'm like, wow, my husband's hot and he's running my business with me. I don't take any of that for granted, but when you allow for it to be all you talk about and the consumption of all of your conversations, which is so easy to do. And then you add like kids and I don't know, other It's just like, where is there space left for you? And you have to work for it. You have to make sure you're negotiating for your marriage, your relationship, your love in equal measure with your business. And it's a practice. It doesn't come naturally. For sure. So there's something that, I mean, I'm sure my people have heard me talk about it a number of times and I can always use the reminder, even anytime I share it with a client or I share it on the show, which is the transition from work to, I want to go be sexually intimate. And there's like this, for me anyway, I know for a lot of people, there's like this crunchy in-between transitionary place. Like for me, I'm on calls and I'm keeping a schedule and I'm organizing and I'm giving direction and I'm doing all these things because it's the role that I play in our business. And then I see on my calendar, I have a designated window of time to go be intimate. Now it doesn't necessarily mean sexual intimacy, but it normally does. Like it it doesn't have to, but it usually goes there. And then there's that period of time where I need to transition from work into wife that wants to connect with her husband still so funny. We're at almost a year married and it's still weird to say that. And I wonder when it stops. I don't know. Maybe it's going to always feel weird, but what's that like for you? Has that changed as he's played the role that he's played in y'all's work and life? Or is that still kind of the same as it's always been? So what you're talking about is like, in my view, like like switching from our masculine energy, right? Like being in our boss mode to being in our feminine 
And I am Tacna Brian's boss, <laughs> right? And he respects me as his boss. He's like, you're the CEO. You founded this company. It's ours, but you created it. So yeah. he has this deep reverence for that. And I love that, but that's a mechanic and an energy that can get very out of balance. And I've had to really check myself and shout out to Annie Lala, who's our mm -hmm. mutual coach, who's changed my marriage for real, but really becoming more conscious and toning that down and letting Brian take up more space in the masculine. And there is absolutely, you said crunchy. For me, I would use the word awkward. It's like, how do we flip the switch where I am like running my business, putting out fires? My husband is in his like left brain work mode too, to then becoming like his sexy feminine wife. And he's now dominating as the man. And whether it's in a sexual way or just in a romantic way, it has been very hard for us. And I credit Annie so much, truly mm -hmm. like the coaching, doing this work, shout out to you and your space. Like mm -hmm. it is life changing. It has been some of the best money I've ever spent. Nothing's more important than my marriage. And it has definitely helped but it's interesting hearing you speak because I'm like damn I'm so refreshed to know that I'm not the only one oh, yeah. that goes through that like clunky weird awkward transition yeah and I find Alexa like really creating those boundaries that is key to dropping into husband and wife versus CEO and CFO like that doesn't just happen you have yeah. to really consciously create the love that you have time blocked for intimacy. We have sacred weekends. Those are our moments to really make that conscious shift. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard it best described as, and I don't know if I actually said that and I'm just recounting something that I've said out loud. When I say I've heard it, or it could have been someone that I heard actually say this, but it's like a gear shift. You know, like if you're driving a car and it's a manual and I've never driven. I think I've driven a manual like twice in my life, but it's like all the kind of stiff and like it makes a sound and then all of a sudden it's smooth, right? Like in the shifting yeah. of the gear, if y'all listening could see how ridiculous I look with my hand trying to pretend like I'm shifting a gear, but you got to like the clutch and the gas and brake and there's all these things happening and then it's like, and then it's smooth, <laughs> you know, shift mm, the gear and yeah. then it's smooth. That has helped me and thinking of this time where I'm like, okay, what do I got to do to shift this gear and then yeah. access another authentic, beautiful part of who I am, not just put it on. I'm not doing this just for the sake of wifely duty. I'm not doing what it's actually inside of me. What do yeah. I need to do and take personal responsibility for? And how can my husband, my partner who wants to be in connection with me, how can he support me in that process? You know, does that mean I need some space? Does that mean he comes and reminds me to peel myself away from my computer screen and out of my office? And what could he do that can help support this gear shift, so to speak? And for us to support each other, because occasionally I realize I'm feeling in a very flowy kind of space where I'm feeling I was really creative today and I'm feeling like kind of on fire. I did a bunch of TikToks or whatever the thing was. And so like I'm feeling very floaty and all of a sudden I look at him and his face is like, he's got the furrowed eyebrows and I look over and he's got a like an Excel sheet pulled up on his computer and like he's not actually ready for something. We totally. have this dance that we go back and forth and recognizing the different spaces that we could be in. But the fact that we both work from home and we work in the same industry and in the same company now creates a lot of opportunity for our polarity to be affected. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that I see Brian 
I want to be respectful. We're both very high stress. We both get really kind of stuck in work mode. And in a way, like I said, it's been a big healer for us to work together, but we've had to work extra hard at our marriage because we work together. And a lot of the times, just kind of going back to our coaching sessions, we'll get on a coaching session with Annie and we'll both be like super triggered, super upset, frustrated, stressed with something having to do with what happened that day at work or that week, only then to unravel it. And then there's a real moment for us to heal us. And so like having that trifecta of a coach helping us in our marriage, but also in our business, it's just been the most beautiful portal to getting closer to each other. I mean, I've been with him for 10 years. And when I met you in Jamaica, I remember being like, I don't even know if I want to be married to him. I don't remember. I mean, I was like, definitely had a wandering eye. I was just not like a hundred percent in it. And I am now. And lots of reasons, lots of reasons have led to that. We've done our work, but being in business together has been, it's wild. People are like, oh my gosh, I could never work with my spouse. And I'm like, working with my spouse healed my marriage. It's really true. Yeah. I didn't realize it's something that I've been having more and more conversations about is what do people mean that there's so much freedom in the deepest depths of commitment. And I go, how's that possible? Mm. Like, how does it get better? Like I have an aunt and an uncle that are, that have been together, I don't know, 20, 30 years, something like that. My mom's oldest of three brothers. My mom is the oldest. And then they just got three brothers that are younger than her and the oldest and his wife, my aunt Marge and my uncle Bubba, South Louisiana. Right. And they're just obsessed with each other. You know, they have two kids, they've been married 20, 30 years, something like that. And they're just, they just really, really like each other. And they work every day together. They make teeth, which is a fun thing. They make like crowns and bridges. And they have, as long as I've known them, they have done the same thing. And the lab that they make teeth at, they is in their garage. Like they transformed their garage into a lab. So it's a section that's like an off of their house. So they like added onto their house and they've lived in this same house as long as I can remember. And they've made teeth together and he is a bass player in bands in new Orleans on the weekends. But I look at them and I'm always like, are you guys like still really like and love each other? How do you do it? Some people I think are really built for it. They're able to dance and navigate and stay polarized in a sense where they stay attracted to each other. You know, like there are days when Jordan and I get into some situations, I won't say arguments, but we're talking about things in the business where, especially for me, I feel like I have been in it and I understand our community and our audience more than at times he does. Mm -hmm. And so I'll question, are you saying what you're saying? Because he has some marketing background from his college and his days and at San Diego state and his careers previously. I'm like, are you saying that because you think that's what is supposed to happen here? Or like, you're just trying to flex with information. Like I get really Leo, like trying to protect my pride, my thing. And he's the one that goes, we're on the same team, babe. Like he's also a part of the pride (laughs) that, that I, in theory need to be protecting. Sometimes there's things that he'll say, and I don't know what about me goes, this is a threat. (laughs) This is a threat to everything, but we're figuring it out and kind of bringing it back to my aunt and uncle. Very recently I was at home and I shared with them that Jordan and I have the thing, like the thing that I see that's present in their marriage. And if I had to guess, like if I had them on the show and I was like, Aunt Marge and Uncle Bubba, (laughs) how has your relationship looked over the years? I bet they would 
say their own version and variation of what we're talking about here of the boundaries mm-hmm. and the coaching or whether it was coaching or it was having someone to help them navigate something that they'd say variations of all the things that we are communicating on. And yeah. she looked at me and before she left wherever we were this past time I was home and she goes, it only gets better. She like put her finger oh, up to me. She put it up. She was like, it only gets better. And I'm just now starting to really understand the feeling that the what's underneath that, you know, I hear people mm-hmm. say those things all the time, but I haven't been able to really connect with the true sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. I love this story. I love your aunt and uncle and I agree <laughs> with them. Yeah. It only gets better. I mean, you have to choose the right partner, right? Yeah. But is there a yeah. perfect partner? No. Not everybody is going to check your boxes, all of them at the same time. And wherever you go, you choose one direction only to leave it to find another direction. It's going to be different problems, but same shit. Like I've really accepted that my partner's job isn't to fulfill my every need. Mine, my job is right. And we've been together for 10 years, married for eight. And like Brian has done his own work. I have done my own work. Someone once said to me, I don't know if you can see my hands, your audience can't, but it's like, this is you, this is them. My hands are at equal playing fields and not both people in the partnership are going to grow like up together, same time, same space. It won't work if one does this and the one goes up, the other one stays, but it can work. if It does this and it like teeters and we go into our own stuff and we go into each other. I mean, for the first few years of our marriage, like we would talk about divorce. We would threaten to leave each other. I mean, it was rough the first few years of our marriage for lots of reasons. And we took the divorce word off the table, right? years ago. Like we just don't say that that is not ever going to happen. And so it sort of forces you when shit does hit the fan, because it will, you know, you're going to fight. It's a relationship. You have nowhere else to go, but back in it. And like Mm -hmm. from those many, like rising Phoenix from the ashes, crucifixions is left a brighter, more clear, refined version of your relationship. And that just kind of provides a capacity to like love, appreciate the other person more. At least this has been my experience. And it's so funny because I'm more attracted to him than I've ever been. I want to be with him more than I, he's my favorite person. And it's wild because I work with him all the time. So do you think I get sick of him? It's just all honestly due to the work. It's just the work. You have to do the work. Yeah. And so many couples, I find more often than not that women start the path down in a heteronormative kind of relationship that the women usually find some variation of personal growth or that kind of work before. If they have a male partner before the man, the guy that they're with might even consider it. The longer I do work in this field, the more I'm starting to piece together that I think it's a part of the woman's sacred role in this creation destruction, the cycles, like it's time for when things feel like it's all burning to the ground, it's meant to. You can fight it and resist it. And she is, um, she's the, uh, I don't know how I described it very recently, like the vehicle, the vessels, vessel, I mean, that's an accurate word, but it's like, it's going to stem from when things are stagnating and change is wanting to happen to the next step, a transition into something bigger, more beautiful. You know, it's like where deforestation, where they burn it down intentionally so that new beautiful life can grow. Like, I think that she is the keeper of this. And there's so many people that look at relationships and are like, she's crazy. 
And I was like, wait, wait, hang on. What if we respect this process? Like, oh, she's on to something. And it's from there, then she, she can kind of usher into the next thing if you just follow the path. <laughs> yes. I mean, we really are going through a paradigm shift into the divine feminine and the divine feminine isn't soft she's fierce mm -hmm. and i can't tell you how many women i know just to bring it down into the practicality of the real world are leading make more money than their partners do are like bringing them onto their businesses who are really the leader in many ways in their families and this that also includes from a personal development perspective Annie says this all the time, like women lead. Yeah. I have been a way shower for Brian on so many levels when it comes to personal growth and development and empowerment. And I think it's beautiful. My mom and dad were boomers, right? Patriarchal structure. My dad made all the money. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And like, I look around me and all my girlfriends and we're all bosses and we're breadwinners. And yet like there is still space for the masculine to be the masculine if you're doing the work. And I just think it's such an exciting time to be alive that the feminine is coming through to really create a new planet, a yeah. new conversation. Yeah. I'm and, here for it. Right. And same. And that men are more open to listening, right? right. Understanding being present with it, not continuing. Cause I think we had this patriarchal kind of structure, like you mentioned, but then what happened after that was, was a generation of nice guys. And that doesn't work either. Where it's a bunch of men that are like, well, I just want to respect the woman that's in my life. So I'm going to roll over and do anything right. and everything that she wants to do forsaking their desires and their true authenticity in pursuit of giving her everything that he thinks that she wants. And she even says that she wants, cause it doesn't really work like that. Right. So it's really beautiful to see the collaboration. I hope, my hope is that this next generation is a bit more collaborative. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, the growth, I've heard it. And this time I do know that I've heard this from someone else, the slinky effect where it's like one, the slinky goes over. And then once that part of the slinky hits the surface, the table or the stairs or whatever, then the back part of the slinky kind of gets shoved over and back. And then it just kind of keeps going. And it's the masculine yeah. feminine growth path where it's, she's yeah. on her way, on her way. She skipped over. She's landed at something she's integrating. And while she's integrating, he's like, getting heaved over into his next big initiation and just kind of keeps going. I love that. I love yeah. that analogy. It is actually really true. No one is going to be accelerating or decelerating at the same exact time. It's symbiotic and it's an organism that lives in so many ways because you're two people inside of a container called your partnership, your marriage, your relationship that should be ever evolving in service of your marriage, but hopefully the greater planet. Right. Right. So I'm curious, based off of your personal experience, because this whole podcast has been just us really sharing our ideas and speaking from personal experience, because I don't have it all figured out. And I'm sure you feel like you don't have it figured all out. And I'm certain that as soon as I feel like I've reached figuring it all out, some life curveball will happen and I'll go, I know nothing. <laughs> Based off your personal experience up to now, what advice would you give to someone or a couple who is considering going deeper into their relationship by working together? You know what? Because I know it's not for everybody. So who would you totally. say maybe that is for? Yeah. I mean, I think I wouldn't go into business with a new partner. I think like focusing on your partnership first and laying a foundation and remembering that comes first, right? It comes first with me and Brian, but I don't think 
we would have been successful had we gone into business in year two or three, but we went into year six. That was a transformational kind of foundation we had built. I would say really know your lanes, know what your roles are in the business and really understand Brian and I do a really good job of keeping our marriage out of the four walls of our office. So I don't call him baby in front of my team. People know he's my husband. We're not very affectionate in front of our staff. Like we keep those boundaries and those lines for us. We don't want people to see us as like husband and wife. We want them to see us like the CEO and CFO. And yet there's a warmth that we emanate because we are married. And I think my team really appreciates the fact that they work for us as a couple. That's key. I think really setting ground rules. You're going to cross them. You're going to want to talk about an email that pissed you off at 1045 at night as you're getting into bed. You just will. But being unafraid of owning the boundaries and proactively protecting the container that's your marriage and being okay with it, like being willing to hear. Like I can't tell you how many times I'm on like a rant and Brian's like, Jessica, turn it off. And I am mad at him for saying that but he's right. And I have to surrender in that moment and just making that a constant practice. You can write all the ground rules you're right, but life happens and you'll break them. But having them in place and just ensuring that you respect each other. And then I guess the last thing I would say is like really treating those times when it's just you, like whether it's vacation or work or weekends, excuse me, like a family holiday or whatever it is, is like truly sacred where you don't talk about work. Like, Creating those moments throughout your months, your year are so critical because it will remember, it'll remind you of who you really always are despite the business. And that's kind of the best part. Yeah. I love love. I love love. I love love. And I love, I mean, for me, I know it's kind of your business, but it is definitely outwardly our business being in the business of love, which I was speaking yeah. to you, you know, before we actually hit record where I was talking about, we've made a business around something that transcends logic. Like it is a business around an emotion and a feeling and something that looks very different for people all across the globe and then also looks different for each of those people's various cycles and seasons that they go through in their life. And uh, they think about how we blur and cross lots of lines because our business is about sex and is about love. (laughs) And I think about how absurd Jordan is with his pet name calling. (laughs) Like I tell people that I am married to a human cartoon character. Like he is exactly as you can imagine If people see him on Instagram or various social media, he is just so over the top playful. And I think of the way that he shows up in front of our team and uh, like, so some of the things that are definitely boundaries in your business with the types of people you and Brian are and the type of company that you run, I think of us doing it in hours and it would just feel so not quite right for Jordans especially. And so I guess in some ways it works, but I also think it's attunement. You know, you have to be attuned to not only your significant other, but you have to be attuned to the whole business functioning and the people Mm -hmm. that are in it. And there's always a right time for a little butt grab that one of them might see. And then there's like not a good time. Totally. It was like a couple of weeks ago, Brian came in to kiss me goodbye because I was like going on some trip and my director of PR was like, mom and dad are kissing. I don't want to see it. Like it was like, it was funny. You know it's what cute. I mean? Like, yeah, they're, 
it is sweet, you know, but yeah. I do run a very different business than you do. And yeah. we, <laughs> you guys talk about love, sex, and relationships. I'm working with like corporate brands and yeah. executives and CEOs. Totally. Like even with our team check-ins, it's understood that when you do a team check-in, you also are going to talk about what's going on in your love life. And if you got good dick or not, like, it's just, you know, it's just, I say it very bluntly like that, but that's kind of, you know, me and the girls, we do talk about things like that. And I imagine there are times when the lines get blurred and maybe I do know too much about my team or my team knows too much about me. And I think we're going to essentially risk that probably more often than not just to see, not even just to see, like we'll risk it more often than not for the sake of intimacy, not just intimacy with Jordan and I, but intimacy within our team members and our relationships. And I can imagine that at some point we'll grow too big to have that be how we function and operate. But there's something really nice about being small. Let me just say that, you know, yeah, grass isn't always greener, more money, more problems. Yeah. More people, more problems. <laughs> yeah. I am, I am steadily learning that. All right, Jess. Well, I know you have big things to go and do with the rest of your day as usual. So I just want to say thank you for coming and having this candid chat with me. It is unique and unlike any other conversation that I've had on the show. Oh, but I know. I'm so used to having people come on that are professionals in so many different regards that are under the sex umbrella. But you know, this was an opportunity to have a real conversation about something that I think so many people in our community experience when we were able to really touch on my two big buckets that came up for me, encouraging people who are in the sex, love, and relationship space to really focus on their messaging and their branding. And there's people that can help them out there like you. And then, of course, the rest of our show was really digging into how do people actually go into business together and navigate their partnerships and fall deeper in love with each other and create boundaries and also encourage polarity. And that's one of the things that, like I mentioned before, I don't have all the answers to. I'm just, again, spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks. And if it sticks, then I'm going to share it with you and with everyone here. Exactly. Exactly. And I think the one of the main takeaways that I loved about this conversation is just whether you work in a business together with your partner or you don't, it can just keep getting better. It's kind of a miracle of love. I've learned that in real time. I love my husband more than I loved him ever after 10 years. It does get better, but it doesn't just come naturally. You have to really do that work. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah, absolutely. And this podcast gets to be one of the things that like when you say do the work, like, A lot of times I think people go, what, I'll do it. Just what is it? (laughs) You know, what is the work? Listening to the show can fall under that category and Mm -hmm. finding people that you admire their relationship because it only gets better and their depth and their connection only seems to get stronger. Doesn't mean that they are void of conflict and they don't argue and they don't go through the crunchy stuff. What it means is that they continue to show up for each other and they continue to show up in ready to collaborate on what is the best thing for their relationship through the crunchy stuff that leads to deeper connection that leads to better intimacy. Dare I say in these instances, like your business and my business, it can lead to better, more aligned, more authentic businesses that are infused with the people that are running it. It's infused with their love. I think that's pretty special. It is pretty special. So is this conversation. You're amazing. Yeah. Right back at you lady. 
And then if anyone wants to hear Jess interview me about who knows what we're going to find out, <laughs> then you can go to the Simply Be show, the podcast, and listen to that because at some point that will come out as well. And a fun fact, Soulfire Productions, who produces my show, also produces Jess's show. So we're all in the family here. It's such a family. I just talked to Kelly Tennant right before this and she says hi. I was like, I'm going to Alexa's show. She was like, yep. that's amazing yep. that we're part of this symbiotic ecosystem over there. But I love you and I know your community is such a beautifully engaged community and so much of that has to do with you and your authenticity, your vibe attracts your tribe and yeah. you are what you reflect yeah. to the world. And so thank you for having me be here today. It was a total honor. 1000% and thanks for taking your time. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.